Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week, I sit down with Alex Mitchell, who's uh, one of the founders of Backwoods Gallery. How you going, Alex? Very good. Yep. How you doing? Good, thanks. Good to sit down and have a, have a chat. It is. So you've just uh, finished the 2-1 exhibition. Like, the um, opening was the other night. Like, how, how'd that go for you? That would have been a, a lot of work because it was a pretty pretty big show. Yeah, it was our... I'd say it's the biggest show that we've done this year. Oh, wait, actually... But I can't remember, was Rowers this year? Yeah, Rowers. yeah, that was this year. So it's up there Yeah. in terms of production. Um, yeah, all done, second last show for the year. It's uh, um, getting to the end of the stretch, which is really good because it's been a really long year for us. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been working with Hero for as long as I can remember. So this might be the fifth exhibition I've put on with him. I think it's the fourth exhibition we've done at Backwards, but yeah. Yeah, he's um he's a regular mention on this uh on this on this show because uh, he seems to he seems to be friends with all the guests you know. Yeah, and he's the first something. guy you did, right? Yeah, yeah, first that. interview. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he forced forced me into it. Not forced me into it, but he um I was umming and arguing about even starting a podcast. And I was in town for um a few more days, and I thought that's it. I'm gonna just record a podcast with him, oh, and then cool. I released it, and I've done one every week since. Sick. So uh, nice. Thanks, Hero. But um. Yeah, because I saw like the the hanging of that show and everything was like a lot went into it, like because uh, it was the hundred faces mm. exhibition. So you had the, and there was a lot of the art was double sided and, yeah. and everything. Like, um, do you conceptualize that, or was that heroes? I think actually idea? that was Sean's idea. Yeah. Um, we sort of Sean handles a lot of production now and uh, works pretty closely with the artists on developing ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't there for the conception of that idea, but I'm pretty sure, uh, I think it's irrelevant. We needed a solution to having double-sided work, so... Yeah. And it worked out pretty good. It so, did? Yeah. It did. So how, how much longer is the show open for? Uh, one more weekend. We do, generally speaking, we do two weekends yeah. for shows now, so... So you don't manage during the week? Yeah, every day. Yeah? Yeah, except for Mondays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you've always been someone that's had their fingers in a lot of pies. Like, um, you were one of the first people I met who was doing his own thing and like working for himself, like years ago. I don't know, when, I don't know it would have been like 2005 when I met you or something like that. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Like, when, when did you like, like start working for yourself and enter that type of life? Um, in school. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I started doing web design when I was in high school and essentially just continued doing that as a business while I was in high school after high school hasn't stopped yeah. um, school didn't really play any kind of part in my career it yeah. was really something I had to get out of the way until until um, until I was you know capable of focusing full time on, on just whatever yeah so you've never had a full time job? Uh, I mean I've, I've done like on site freelance yeah it's the closest thing I've ever had to a full time job yeah um, for like you know maybe a few months at a time and that's about it it's my, my reality right now. Yeah. It feels like a full-time job. It does. On-site makes you realize that you don't want a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, like, but it does have its um, pros and cons because also if you're running short on money, you can get a job for a week or two. Yeah. And you get a cash injection. And then, uh, you know, and then if you're out of work for a week or two, um, it means you can focus on your creative, mm. you know, endeavors. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um... Like, how many businesses have you had over the year? Because, like, I've known you to have, like, Cohen clothing and nice produce and then, like, backwards. But I'm sure there's, like, like more than that. Like, what? Because mm. you yeah, started companies all, and all sorts of It all sort of, of follows a linear 
progression, really. Um, so when I was in high school, I was making, I guess, just uh, websites, whatever, graphic design. And I started a company called Coant Studios, mm. um, which was essentially just me and a handful of people I was at school with. We just got a studio in St. Kilda and then eventually Block Place in the city. And, um, <coughs> sorry, I got a cold. <coughs> um, and then I just got jack of fucking dealing with clients and dealing with online as well. Because back then, content management systems were like pretty rare. So you'd be dealing with changes all the way up until deadline. And then after deadline, it was just a, a really shitty... I mean, it paid well, but it was just um, a shitty sort of creative field. Um, so I started doing a lot more print. And then I think I saw an exhibition by, was it like Markster or someone at, at Revolver? And that just sort of blew my mind. And I started getting more and more involved in art. And was it Basefield, those guys? I'm, I'm not sure. That was sick as well. Yeah. That inspired me. And so we went, um, so we just sort of dropped the online stuff and focused on print. And then um, the whole street art thing started happening and guys like Sudu were putting up posters and then guys like Wrecker and Roan and, and Prism and Fibs were out every night putting up posters. So I got more involved in that, putting up posters, sort of moved away from print into art. And then it just became apparent that no one was doing events or no one was doing exhibitions for the scene that we were a part of. So got into curation from there. Um, and I guess every skill along the way is kind of kept, uh, sort of kept up. Like we do our own website for the gallery, we do our own print, we do our own. So it's all been a learning process to running a gallery, which is a sort of a conglomeration of all the skills that we've acquired along the way. Yeah, it's pretty good not having to um, like uh, pay for people as well because you got all the skills. You know, it's not like oh, I've yeah. got to hire someone to do the web, and then I've got to hire a designer. And yes, yeah, you know what I mean. I, don't, I think sometimes as an entrepreneur, I feel like there's probably better skills to have um, because uh, maybe my personality type and being a graphic designer is a bad combination because I micromanage and I find that I get so caught up in getting the graphics right, the logo right before I even start a business plan that that that's a bad, bad situation to be in. Yeah. I, I feel like if you were, if you were like a, in, if you knew law or you're better at bookkeeping or something like that, you'd be in a better position to run a business and a graphic designer who gets so caught up on the aesthetics of a business instead of the practicalities. Yeah. I often think about that. Are you shit with admin? I'm getting better at it. Yeah. But yeah, pretty shit. I, I'm the same. It's, it's, mm. the, the tax man's my kryptonite, you know? Yeah. Like, it works well for me in Australia, but overseas, I've, oh man, in the UK, fuck, I've had, <laughs> I've had tax nightmares over there, you mm. know? They just, um, yeah. Yeah, like the first five years of running a business, maybe even longer, it was just like, just shit bookkeeping, shit tax. Everything would always catch up with me once a year, I'd be fucked. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now we just have an accountant who just, you got to recognize your weaknesses. Oh, know? yeah. And I recognize the weakness, my weakness is accounting. So we just hire someone and it just gets taken care of and it's okay. Yeah. But with, with me, it's even the, um, just, ha just having it on my mind, like I don't even think about it. Mm. It's just like it gets to that time of year. My wife nags me and then a few months pass, she nags me again. A few months pass, she nags me again. And then it's like, shit, I better get onto this. You know, the, um, the naggings get a bit stronger. Not that she's, no, actually I'll take her back. She's not a nagger at all. She mentions it. <laughs> Motivator. Sorry, Claire. You're cool. You're cool. <laughs> um, so, um, like, so all, all the, 
all the work you've done and all the businesses you've had, they've pretty much all been in the creative space, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, um, do you still do any design work or anything like that? Or you've, you've cut um, all that off? Or you just micromanage now? <laughs> I just, you know, I've got to step back from that as well. Like, uh, like in the for the for the gallery, I've created all the templates, yeah. and they're really easy to fill. You know, so um, I don't really have to. And Tom's trained really well, so I don't even have to look at the flyers anymore. You know, um, or any of the promo or anything like that. Okay, I read over a newsletter just to make sure it's right, but that's about it. Yeah, so, that's pretty good. Um, but you know, for the other businesses that I'm doing, because I'm doing film now and stuff like that, I'm back in doing the design stuff and. Okay. Um, because I'm doing a lot of commercial video, which sometimes gets incorporated into online, so you gotta still do that. Yeah. How long have you been doing um, film and video for? Um, just six months now. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's the new thing. Yeah. Mm. Loving it. Yeah. Are you doing? Are you using um, Premiere Pro? Uh yeah yeah. yeah. Final Cut's fucked now. Yeah. Final Cut. Final yeah. Cut's a mess. Is that like Quark and InDesign sort of thing? Quark's. Gone? I just I think it's just like you know, I don't know Apple just tried to just like dumb it down to the point where it's iMovie I don't I don't feel comfortable using it so I've gone to Premiere yeah I used to use Final Cut yeah I um I just like it because it's an Adobe package and I think if yeah. you once yeah, you there's a benefit right you can once you know how to use one mm. it's it's easy to learn the others because you um you know it's just you just got to get your, your head around the way they, the Adobe think yeah and um yeah I've, I've made a few movies I'm, uh, I was watching them the other night I'm quite happy with them but they are they are very beginner like I went to India and travelled <coughs> down there and did a uh, did you know um, went for a month like sort of uh, travel around with some mates painting and did yeah, some videos see. of that yeah, and then he uh, yeah, made some videos while I was in Barcelona like friends would come over for the weekend or something like that it's like no, oh, that's, a, that's a dope city let's, to let's, make videos let's, let's make a film you know yeah. make a little video but um yeah but I, I, like now that I, I want to ease off the uh, spending so much time in front of the computer for work. And, um, and start spending more time on creative projects but I also really want to get back into video like 2017 start making them again yeah I've already um, spoken to a few people about some possible projects yeah it could be an extension of this yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah what sort, what sort of videos are you making? well you know the, the first videos I made were for backwards like all the artist profile videos yeah so, um, like Usagro's one and Shohei Onomo and um, mainly just whenever we had a Japanese artist visiting yeah um, and then you didn't do that new two one one, did you? No, I don't. No, is there a new two one? Yeah, one? it was embedded in his like um uh thing um email that he sent out. It wasn't embedded. There was a link to it. But, no, um, didn't, didn't do. It we were actually going to do a two one one for this one, but yeah. um we were sort of hooked up a satellite project that we we're going to base it on that fell through. Yeah. So I just pulled the plug on it. I was like, yeah. So you've got a um, a pretty strong link with like Japanese artists yeah like like in, in the gallery it's um mm. like how'd that link all come about that's a really good question um I'm not I'm not totally sure to be honest I think I think like the biggest part of it is when I was growing up I was like really into Japanese culture you know they export a lot of culture mm. um so I guess I was just like a fucking a weebo and then just that sort of expanded into my love of art and I got in touch with a lot of Japanese artists I think it, it all sort of started once, like maybe about 10 years ago when I just took a trip over there and just fell in with a bunch of graphers and hung out heaps for like a few months. And then um, through, and I think a lot of those people I met were through Hero originally. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, just developed a big uh, group of friends over there that I've been working with since. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, like, uh, like, do you target Japanese artists to show or are they just people you know and they're doing yes, great yeah, art? They're just on my like, radar, you know. Come over and yeah. do an exhibition. Um, I, I've got two sort of friends over there that are kind of like my anchor points, you know, like Hiro and all of the graphic dudes and street art dudes and then another friend of mine, Shun, who's a graphic designer, who's a really good friend of mine. So that kind of covers a lot of bases. Yeah. Um, and uh, then there's some illustrators like Shohei Otomo, which I just got in contact with because he, he, you know, he fucking rocks. And I thought this would be sick to do a show with him. It turns out he's a great dude. Yeah. So like, like, do you partake in uh, like any other creative projects outside of um, outside of your filmmaking? Because you do those digital collages, don't you? They're not well. digital, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're, they're physical. Ah. I guess is the word. I guess because I've looked, I've only yeah, looked at them on screen. Seen so. <laughs> yeah, they're actual cutouts. Oh, I cool. do a lot of photography um, and video, and yeah, yeah. I don't really have any plans for the collages. I just sometimes you wake up in the morning with an image in your head, and um, you just get them out. Really, that's about it. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. Yeah. You know, it's good to be creative. Yeah, I don't really see it as an out as like a, as a career path or anything. It's just like yeah, it's but it's like a fun thing to do. You could. You could uh, have a show with them because they, they're pretty cool. Yeah, possibly. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't wanna, I've done enough shows. Yeah. <laughs> Is that sort of like for you, it's a, it's a completely different... Um, it's just It's got nothing to do with where you're trying to go. It's just something you yeah. do on the side. In many ways, it's like the opposite of the gallery. Yeah. Because it's like I get to just have fun and not think about the outcome. Yeah. We're back from a wine break. Um <laughs> Like I remember, you're always organising like exhibitions, and um, you know, like you had that big space in Richmond. You know, that's it was like Wooden Shadow. Yeah, that's Wooden the Shadow. one. And like Everfresh had their show, and like yeah. uh, Letterhead, there was Letterhead show you put on there, right. and that was that. like that was with the guys from Wooden Toy Magazine, Timber and Chris, and we had a clothing brand called Shadow. That was a really bad idea, that that clothing brand. Um, Why is that? Oh, just like getting involved with dodgy business partners, you know, like, cause, cause that was like a real, that was kind of like a detour on, on all the projects I've been working towards. Um, and someone got in touch with me and was like, you know, um, you're doing cool stuff with artists. Do you want to do a brand of artists? And they and I ended up just working my ass off nonstop and doing a million spec sheets and just doing all the marketing and just working with two knucklehead business partners and ended up wasting all the money. And yeah. Terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. I learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You, you always learn something. Yeah. Every failure is a, a lesson, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so what happened with that space? Because that was, that was really good. Um, yeah. It's, it's been too. pulled down and it is now a apartment block. Ah, of course. But, um, that was a rad space. It was. So huge. Yeah. And like, did you put a... a um, you didn't do a uh, no comply there, did you? Like you started them at like no vacancy, and then first, the first ever no comply was at Revolver. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then you have one at no vacancy, and then you have one at Federation yeah, Square. Didn't no, you? Two at Revolver, yeah. no vacancy, Federation Square, and then that might have been the end of it. Yeah. Then I realised that doing art shows on skateboards was a bad idea. It yeah. Stopped. Yeah. I think it's like when you're young, it's a cool thing, you know, like ah, oh, edgy and underground. Put on a skateboard. Because you, you had some you had uh, some big pretty big name artists in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you just contact them from yeah, overseas? Yeah, reach out to people. I think yeah. that's what people don't realise is that you can just reach out to anyone. Yeah. Anywhere. 
So is that like um, because you've you've worked with a lot of big names over the years, mm. like in, in art, and that and that like that's the trick, eh? You don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just people, you know. Yeah. Um, with their frailties and all of the other things going going for them and against them, and mm-hmm. and there's I don't know. I think it's easier to like idolize someone or, or create a name for someone and then forget that they're a human. Yeah. And when you reach out to them, you find out they're human. You make friends and everything. It happens. Totally. Yeah. It's like I've noticed that with this uh, podcast as well. Mm. Like I interviewed like uh, Husmit Noun from uh, from uh, Denmark, and like I, when he when he got back to me, I was like, shit, I've, you know, this is gonna be sick. And then I was talking to him. He's like, I'm so lonely. I'm in my studio all, all, <laughs> on my own <laughs> yeah, all the exactly, time. You know? It's just like, oh man. Yeah. You know, I think he's like he's having big shows all over the world and yeah you know, it was just it was it was really interesting insight for me yeah. i think because especially in in you know realm of street art or graffiti where the persona is such a big part of what the artist does it's very easy for us to um to forget that there's a person there you know and that you can just reach out and talk to them and most yeah. of the time they're not jerks you know? no no and when they are a dick you know they got problems oh, you whatever you just like yeah yeah, scratch that guy off the list. Yeah, yeah, but um, like, so after after you did like you're doing shows like here and there, mm. and that like then that's when you sort of decided to do uh, backwards. Like that was yeah. 2010, wasn't it? Um, so there was a bunch of shows all over the place, wherever venues, you know, um, no complying, whatever on the projects. Did Heroes show the Thousand Can show? Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. At um, bus is it? Little Lonsdale, mm. something like that, and and then um, yeah, then there was Wooden Shadow, and then Paper Shadow, and Rancho Notorious. Yeah, I remember that. That was a strange place. <laughs> um, and then um, and then Utopian Slumps was where we are now, and they ended up closing down, so the opportunity came up, and Rome contacted me and said, "Do you want to open a gallery there?" I'm like, "Fucking hey. It's like. But I mean, the first two or three years of Backwards was just very disorganized, you know? We're now sixth year now, but the first couple of years were, it was just, it was just like really impossible to make it like a real business. Mm. And then over time, um, it sort of uh, developed into something, which is what we have now. Yeah. So when you, when you um, first opened it, like you opened it with like Ghost Patrol, Wrecker, Roan and Megs. Yeah. Like the, the, they just decided to focus more on their art and they couldn't be bothered with a yeah, run the gallery. Exactly. Yeah. Running a gallery is a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so eventually it was just left to me. And um, I, I, I moved overseas and left it with someone who I ended up having a fire within like two months of, like, of being there. So then I hired Sean, who I'd like already had worked with like on a bunch of projects, but I don't know why he didn't come to me when I was thinking of trying to find someone to replace me when I moved overseas. And he came on board and um, I had like the benefit of being in France and having this kind of like really objective view of the gallery because I wasn't like, you know, running around trying to find light fittings and taking care of all the bullshit painting walls all the time. Kind of let me, and plus yeah, I had heaps of free time on my hands so I could like listen to a bunch of um, podcasts on, on business development and and like read about all this, all these different subjects and study up on, on all this stuff. So it kind of gave me this really cool opportunity to sort of uh, take a step back and just sort of see the processes that the gallery was running under and, and tweak them and fix them. And I think that's really helped us. 
uh, it's a really good opportunity to have some objectivity. Yeah. You know. how, how long are we living in um, France for? I think three years, two, yeah. two and a half years. Yeah. But a lot of that time I was spending in LA and in Japan, mm -hmm. just projects and stuff. So Yeah. What, what sort of projects were you doing over there? Um, a lot of video stuff in Japan and photography in LA. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Just living off your art. Um, living off the gallery and yeah. just and spending it on my art. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I was living off my wages, but it's like you don't really need that much when you're when you're traveling, really. You know, if you got a place to crash. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. If you got accommodation, it's, mm. it's all good. That's the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, the gallery's always like kept you afloat since you've had it, and uh, you know you haven't had to do lots of uh, side things just to just to keep the uh, the money coming in. Um. The first, the first three years of the gallery, first two years of the gallery did draw a wage, which yeah. was uh, really fucking hard. Yeah. Um, and it's only been the last, it's only been recently that I've been able to draw like something like a living wage off it. Not very much, but because I've got two full timers, so I pay them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's slowly getting to the point where it's sort of paying wages. Yeah. You know? And do you find like now, like now you've got multiple locations as well? Has that been like a lot tougher logistically? Or um, yeah, working yeah, for you? Or? Absolutely. Um, a lot of opportunities have come up in the last couple of years. Um, so we're opening a, foot, a studio in Footscray, but that's kind of like just going to be us subleasing to a bunch of artists, and hopefully they create something cool, and we don't we can be kind of hands off on that. Yeah. Um, and then an opportunity has arrived that we're potentially going to take enrichment for another space, which is going to be like a residency program for Japanese artists. Mm -hmm. But we're still looking at that. Yeah. So you like, have you discovered a lot of like, artists like to exhibit it backwards while, um, while like, traveling. Over, like while traveling as well? Like, have you, have you been like out and about and, and just thought this guy's awesome? Well, yeah. I mean, I was living in Leon and, you know, obviously Nilio, um, it was from there and we've done a show with him um but really when i was in france i was kind of a kind of isolated you know like it was a bit it was a bit surreal i would like wake up at really early in the morning or stay up late to to like facetime with sean and sort of take care of business and do all the graphics and you know scream down a microphone to try and get everything right yeah and then um sit online most of the time you know or like read books or whatever so it wasn't. I wasn't really engaged in the art community in France. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, I. I spent more time. I think when I when I was traveling to Tokyo, I spent a lot more time talking to artists than I would in France. But I was already working with Japanese artists, so it didn't exactly broaden my horizon. Yeah. You know. Do you, do you speak Japanese? Uh very badly. Yeah. Yeah. Enough to get by. Okay. Yeah. Um. So what what's been some of your uh, your favorite shows that you've um you've done over um, years? I love the Thousand Can show they did with Hero. Mm -hmm. It was really fucking cool. Yeah, it was. I think that was rad. Uh, he worked on that for over over a year, and it was like a diary. But it was like you watch his style develop. It was still when he was just starting as an artist too, so it was like the the curve was really strong. You know, mm. uh, that was that was really dope. Um, what else? Um, It's hard to say. It's so hard to say. Um, I love individual pieces. Every yeah. every time we do a show with Yask, the Brazilian artist, Yask Amai, he's so sick. I love doing work with him. Yeah. It's like, um, 
just because the individual pieces are so strong and he's just such he puts so much soul into his art that it's like really hard to to qualify why it's good but it is you just look at it and just like oh shit this is like so much uh energy went into this artwork which is really cool so i love working with him um yeah i mean yeah most shows i love most yeah. shows you know yeah um what else is it who else yeah can't really think off the top of my head. It's a bit of a tough one. Yeah. Okay. Have you? I take it you've um what seen a lot of like um careers like really expect like develop over the years as well. Like someone would have come to you years ago and yeah had a show and then you look at they they keep exhibiting with you and you you watch yeah. their um their career blossom. Yeah. There's never been any um like overnight successes, but everyone I've worked with has worked really hard and you just sort of watch that gradual incline. Yeah. In, in success which is really great to see yeah I remember um, yeah the Petro show there years ago oh man that was cool that was a really good show yeah that was I sick. really enjoyed that and I remember um, I remember popping over to, to see him and uh, and he was sleeping in the gallery yeah was, like, he's such a rad dude got got all the way over to Australia and didn't have anywhere to stay so he slept, yeah. slept amongst his arms a lot of people sleep in the gallery yeah yeah I guess it's pretty uh, pretty expensive for accommodation in Melbourne isn't it um, yeah, I mean, I, I crash there a lot as well. It's just sort of, sometimes it's just practical. Yeah. Know? But you, but you were, but he was like sleeping on the ground in the, in a sleeping bag, like in the middle of the gallery. Yeah. Jun did that as well. Jun Inouye did that as well. But he yeah. made like a, made like a mattress out of bubble wrap. <laughs> well, they get creative. <laughs> R and R stuff, yeah. <laughs> Like, um, like if, if. Like thinking of all the artists that you know know of, like is is there anyone that you like really want to show in the gallery and um, uh, like either you haven't asked or you've asked and they've said no or anything like that, like a dream artist to get in. I really I want to do another show with Fred. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that's keep asking him all the time. I'm yeah, like, dude, I want to do another. I love his work. He's yeah. so great. You seen the um the, the clothing line he did? For, yeah. Is it Godin? Like got, got, yeah. Got, um, yeah. Gorman. 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 Sorry, I'm yeah, not up with actually, my, you see my that chicks. Everywhere. Yeah, I know. Everywhere, there's heaps stuff. of chicks wearing it. Yeah, like my wife bought a, bought a yeah. few uh, pieces as well, and yeah. it's like it's cool because I've um did a few collaborations with with Fred Fowler like mm. a few years ago for a show in Berlin, mm. and um yeah, I love them. Like they're they're so good. Yeah, he's so sick. Yeah. So we've done two shows with him, and they've been amazing. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just keep hitting him up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's always looking for, for, you know, places to exhibit. Surely, mm. well, I spoke to him the other day, and he's a busy boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was good to catch up. I haven't, man, I spent a lot of time with that guy. I haven't spoken to him for years, and I caught yeah. up with him the other day. It was like it's bloody good. Back in the yeah. days, remember? Like, yeah, I used to go to primary school with him. Really? Went to primary school with him, then went to, uh, um, and then we used to hang out and skate like every day together. Yeah. And then um and then I got a job outside of uni and then um and then uh we ended up working together for about six years. That's right, at Street Inc. Yeah. That's yeah. right, yeah. And um yeah. so yeah, so I spent a lot of time with that guy. Yeah. yeah. I remember him from like Camo's place back when him and Fibs used to paint all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, him yeah. and Fibsy used to be partners in crime. Yeah. Um so have you got any uh any exciting shows coming up that you can uh talk about or so next year we're only going to do eight shows. Yeah. Um, up until now we've done on average like twenty shows a year, um, which is 
I guess something that happens when a gallery is young, you take on a lot. Um, but we're trying to slow it down to make each show like two months show this year, like you know, up the production value, uh, have more time. It's it's really hard as a gallery when you when you do twenty shows, you kind of like still cleaning up the mess from the last show when you really should be responsible for the press and the promo of the next show mm. or you know putting extra time into the pre-production to make it bigger or come up with a new idea that makes it cooler so next year we're really gonna like slow it down do eight shows and um pretty much like well you know we'll see but hopefully they'll all be on the same level as two one show yeah so how much, how much input does the um, artists have to what they can do within the gallery? Um, they're free to do whatever they want. Really. Yeah. And we, we don't even, we don't even, re I mean, like, we try and create, like, a structure for the amount of pieces and the price range to work with them because we understand the market for their work and, you know, it's sort of like a collaborative process. But ultimately, if they put their foot down, they're like, I just want to do some random shit. We, we have no choice but to to like just sort of bite the bullet and do it you know yeah um sometimes it pays off sometimes you're like wow who would have thought that yeah. a show based on fucking random bullshit could be so successful yeah and it makes us rethink yeah ultimately artists know better than we do when it comes to art mm. um we we just provide the infrastructure you know um the way i like to see it is it's sort of like a producer and a director you know the producer sort of brings the money together and makes it happen and the artist has complete creative vision and if the producer chooses the right artist then everything works out yeah um that's kind of the relationship we try and have yeah so like the people come to you with ideas and you said that that's not going to work or you, know, um, you try not to ever let that happen we really really ever have an idea that no i mean we rarely ever say no to an idea i don't yeah. think we ever have you know we've had some weird fucking shows yeah you know? like what are some of the weird ones well when Lush built the deathmatch cage and yeah. had Jesus and Satan smash each other in the face with uh, fluorescent tubes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah. there was a lot of blood yeah. during that show. Um, and a lot of, I, I was watching it going, fucking hell, man. We got, we came, um, we're so lucky we didn't get sued by anyone who had glass in their eye or anything. Cause it was just like, yeah, dude, whatever. Build a cage. Sure. Yeah, smash each other with tacks. That's cool. Mm. And, well, you know, luckily no one got hurt. So yeah. that's cool. I forgot about that. Gee, he's done a lot. He's churned through the uh, the concepts and ideas over the years. He's an he? idea machine. He is. Yeah. Bloody he hell. really is. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other, like, uh, good installations that have happened? Um, big installations. Um, I really love Fintan McGee's show. I don't know if you saw that. Is that, is that a boat in the middle or something? Yeah, we filled the gallery with sand and yeah. put a boat in the middle and it had like a neon light on it. It was just a really good show. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, I was overseas when that happened, but I saw the photos online. Yeah. yeah. That was great. Yeah. Um, Roa, the Roa exhibition earlier this year was pretty intensive. We had to build like a whole house in the middle of the gallery and that was cool. Yeah. That was, that was, that was yeah. really good. Yeah. That was, we had to build that, that whole installation we built in three days. Jeez. So... It's crazy. Yeah. Do you have a team to help you with that type of stuff? Um, yeah, well, Tom and Sean are super capable. Mm. Um, and for that, we brought in a few extra hands. But, yeah, there's only so many people you can have working on one thing before it, they end up slowing you down, you know? Yeah. Do you feel that there's um, a lot more uh, like demand for an artist to sort of put a lot more into their, their exhibitions these days? Because, you know, like 
some artists come in and they just hang a bunch of paintings around around the gallery and that's it. Mm. Where but other artists come in and like make it a full immersive experience. Like, yeah, I think it just depends. Like like a like I was saying before with Yask, you know, the last exhibition we did with him was just black walls and the work, mm. but it was strong because the work itself he put so much time into. Um, it just depends on the artist. Yeah, you know, it's like any any medium really. It, it all comes down to, I guess, the message of the artist as yeah. much as the execution. Yeah, because it's like I've been thinking about uh, an exhibition. Like, to um, you know, I want to have an exhibition in mid next year. Mm. But I find that with a lot of um, the exhibitions these days, you really you got to have a really strong concept behind it, and um, I think that's like a a hard thing to think of. With, yeah. You know, because you want your paintings to all work together, and you don't want them just to be a bunch of paintings hung on the wall. You know, you. Yeah, I think in the perfect world, every artist would have like this cool idea on mm. their shows. But I think a lot of artists are just like, fuck, I need to make money. <laughs> Let's just do a show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I, you got to, you know, that's how, that's reality as well. You know, yeah. so, um, but in a perfect world, it'd be, it'd be cool if every artist was like, all right, I'm going to spend a year coming up with this idea. It's going to represent this and it's going to be an experience. And that would make my job a lot more fun. Mm. But at the same time, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, like, do you have any um any like future plans for for the gallery for, for or backwards? for yourself or just? Um, yeah, it's like backwards is this constant work in progress mm. that we're just trying to get our processes right and get tighter and more professional every every year. Um. So that's our plans for that. Yeah. Less shows, bigger ones, more professional. It's a fucking tough business to be in. You know, like. Um, I'll, I'll maybe your listeners, I'll send you the link. There was this great study done in Switzerland about all of the galleries, um, in Europe and how, what their business model is. Mm-hmm. And it's really rare that you have a gallery like ours, which is, um, dealing with a primary market, dealing with emerging artists, entirely sustained off its own sales. We're just like this tiny little fraction of what galleries are, you know, yeah. most, most of them are like someone's husband is extremely rich or they're dealing in secondary or third market and they're dealing in huge, you know, like, it's yeah. just like, it's like a little side project for the housewife or something exactly. like that. Or yeah. a vanity project for someone. And it's really rare to be in a position where we are, but also be around as long as we are. And I think that's just because we've really stuck it out. It's been really, you know, like it's hard, you know, yeah. we're not, we're not making money, but the lifestyle is rewarding. So it's pretty rare to find our, our situation. So we're, we're hoping that we can sort of like build our professional ethic to the point that we're like making up for the lost income that we have by not having this external um, funding model that everyone else has. And then, you know, viably compete and hopefully get to a point where we're broken through, but also we have all this great young blood that other galleries don't have and use that as a market edge. Yeah. Um, That'll be that's kind of our future plans for backwards. Yeah, so do you do you find that you've nurtured careers over the years? Um, yeah, I like to think so. Yeah. yeah, I like to think so. It'd be cool cool to be able to look back and say that I've helped people with their careers. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, and thinking back, like like because you've got you've gone from like twenty two ex- exhibitions a year down to eight. Like, are you gonna be really like choosy with who you get to exhibit and and like sort of let them know that. It's going to be big and well yeah i mean i think we'll still be working with the same people but we'll say look uh, we can't put you in 2017 we'll put you in 2018 
So you just spread it instead of think instead of like thinking of your lineup as a one year thing, you think of your lineup as a two year thing. Yeah. So um, you're not really turning anyone down. You're sort of putting them in a slot later on down the line where it's more manageable. Yeah. And do you do you uh, have people contact you from overseas to saying they want to come to Melbourne and exhibit with you? Yeah, heaps. Yeah. Yeah. At info at. Um, we get hit up all the time. Yeah. But um, I don't have that email anymore. I yeah. stopped. I stopped taking that email. <laughs> I just like. I remember when I was really young. I'd email people all the time, and I'd be like, "Oh, I want to do this one or that." And the amount of people who don't reply, it really used to piss me off, and it would be really demoralizing. So I made a point of just every time I get an email, making sure I reply. But it got to the point where I'd, I'd get like, I'd put them in a folder saying, "Reply to this, reply to this," and it'd get to the point where I'd have this sort of ever-growing 30, 40 people I meant to reply to. And sometimes I don't get back to them for about two months. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. It's like, I don't know. So I just let Sean take care of it now. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, like while I was overseas, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, hanging out with a lot of artists and they'd say, oh, I'll come and visit you, you know. But if I come over, I'd like to have an exhibition and all that. And I'm like, oh, where's good to exhibit in Melbourne? And then I'd say, oh, I've heard of Backwoods. Like, I've heard no, that's, that's a good sick. gallery. You know, That's cool. And it's, you know, you, you, you're known overseas. Yeah, it's, it's really great. You know, you're known yeah. as the, the place to come and, and show it if you're in Melbourne. That's good to hear. Yeah. So, like, a lot of uh, aspiring artists listen to this show. Mm. Like, if, if someone was looking to exhibit with with you, like, what, what would you be looking for within an artist? So, what, would, what advice would you be giving them? Yeah, I think the best way to say is is not for backwards who how, what we'd want, but the, the most helpful advice I could give would be, uh, like, how to approach a gallery. You know, um, definitely if you can start hanging out there, I think it's like if you're going to every opening and you get to know everyone and you're part of the community, that's like, that's the biggest part of it, mm-hmm. you know, um, we'll yeah. pick up there. So, glitch. so I guess what I was saying is, um, yeah, I mean, sure. We know what we want and we have sort of our own curatorial direction or whatever, but at the end of the day, the fact we choose from people in our community yeah you know um so the best advice i can give is like find the gallery that you want to be exhibited by and become a part of their community because uh, you know uh, at least galleries like us maybe like bigger galleries that exhibit like you know international artists itself millions different but what we do is we sort of represent and like that's how we've always started you know we started representing our crew and then everyone sort of developed and that's still part of who we are. We still, we still um, exhibit people in our community. So if you want to be a part of a gallery or you want to show at a gallery, just start showing up to all their shows and you know, talking to their artists, getting to know their artists. You often find that all of their artists hang out together anyway and they're all part of, they all drink together or whatever. And that's probably the best first approach. The other one is you know, make sure that your art's right for a gallery as well. The amount of times we get hit up by someone who's so fucking wrong, you know, like just we've never shown anything like that, you know? Yeah. And that's the other thing. We're, we're held back by what we show. You know, we can't have a successful exhibition no matter how dope the art is. We can't have a ex- successful exhibition that is completely contrary to what we've shown in the past mm. because our collectors and our community are used to a certain thing. Um, someone came up to us with the most beautiful lacquer shit that was just like, artisan craft the best in the world we'd, we you know we still couldn't sell it because you're better off going to someone who does that mm. um so it's you know pick the right gallery for your work not just one that you like 
the one that you know that you could you could fit in with secondly of course become part of their community yeah do you have like contemporary like conceptual artists come up and try to exhibit no no never i went to a conceptual art exhibition last night it was was, oh no i was like me me being me i just can't get my head into it really there were some paintings in there i love the paintings like the paintings were awesome because i'm a painter you know but um I don't know, there was a towel hanging on a towel rack attached to the wall and I was just like, oh yeah. Relational aesthetics, man. I don't understand it. Yeah. At the the risk of sounding really, really unhip. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. I've got a mate that does it, so I've got to to talk to him about it. Who's that? What's that? Who's that? Oh, I don't think he want me to... um, Okay. I'll I'll, I'll try to get him on here one day. Okay. um, I think I know who. Yeah, but he, uh, but yeah, every time I've asked him what does this mean and he explains it to me, I'm just like, ah... Because I thought I was just looking at like... A garden or... Yeah. <laughs> a towel on a towel rack. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it's to do with this and that and da-da-da-da-da. It's like, oh, okay. Jesus. You know, all right. Now it makes sense, but bloody hell. We need a little... Uh, need to have a little plaque next to it. You know, well, maybe that's just the wine talking. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, pick... Yeah, I guess going back to it, I think, you know, pick the right gallery, get involved in that community. Um... It's so much better than just cold calling. Yeah. Because, like, I've um, I put together a little folio for myself the other day to try and, like, to start sending around to galleries and mm. stuff. Like, do you, would you advise doing that as well? Like, a nice PDF with a bit about you and, like, things that you've done and, you know, photos of your work and, yeah. and like, achievements. I mean, like, again, like if it's the right gallery uh, yeah. and they know who you are, yeah. I yeah. Mean, what you're better off doing is approaching them with an idea for a show. Yeah. You know, saying, all right, this is my old stuff, whatever, but, you know, I'm prepared to go on this. Prepared yeah. to go on this idea. And, you know, this is what it's going to look like. This is what it's going to be. And this is why it's cool. So it's not like you're like, oh, I kind of want to show, you know, yeah. you're kind of like, I'm ready to go on this. Yeah. And then that, I think, will have a better result. Yeah. So it's like having a concept, as I was saying before, yeah. you know, having a concept for your show. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. being ready. Yeah. You know, um, uh, that's I think the best way to do it. Yeah. So like um, like thinking back also to, like, you know, you've done a lot of different things over the years. Like, what advice would you give yourself from back? You know, if you thought back to your first businesses and uh, yeah, uh, you know, when you were still designing websites and everything. I think to what you've done now. Yeah, I I've been thinking about this, so I have an answer ready. Yeah. I think when you're young, it's impossible for you to understand opportunity cost. I think you, you're like, oh, oh, wow, something's come up. It's great. I want to be involved. And you don't know how to say no. And you, in fact, you can't say no. You don't understand that an opportunity is expensive. Yeah. You know, um, it might come up and you might be like, wow, you might get super excited by it. But really, at the end of the day, think about it and say no. Say, uh, m- the most successful artists I know are the ones that say no to almost everything. Mm. Um, so obviously, you don't make that like a blind rule. But like really analyze things and, and realize that like just because something's fallen on your lap doesn't mean it's a good idea. Yeah. Um, that's something I'd give myself as, as advice. I think I've spent a lot of time diverted in, and sort of like getting involved in all these crazy ideas and stuff that I get emotionally invested in without realizing that, you know, they're kind of a waste of time. Yeah. You know? My wife always says that. She mm. calls them shiny objects. Yeah. She's yeah. like, you haven't, you haven't had a shiny object catch your attention, have you? And it's like, ah... Oh. <laughs> Shit, yeah. it is a shiny object. Yeah, it's it's like, like I laid in bed awake at night thinking about that last night. Like, yeah. thinking about how cool, oh, maybe I'll do this and that and da-da-da. It's like, 
Yeah, but where's it going to get you? Yeah. It's like, yeah, nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's come like, up with a strategy and stuff. It's going to cost me money and it's not going to do anything exactly. for me. Exactly. You know? yeah. It's like, shit, it's a shiny object. Fuck. And it's, it's amazing how you can be like looking at that shiny object and it seems like the coolest thing in the world. And yeah. it's not until you've been involved in it for like two or three years down the line, you're like, wait a minute, what yeah. am I doing here? Yeah. You know? It's um, like when I, when I just, um, I, I saw, yeah, that night I saw you at Sheeta's exhibition mm. and you were, you're showing me the, um, the space yeah. the, for the studio space. And I was like, you know, oh, cool. You told me that artists are going to you know mm. get spaces in there. And, I, and that was a massive shiny object for yeah. me. It's like, give me a spot, give me a spot now. And I went home, I slept on it. And I, I spent the weekend thinking about it. And even, I realized- Even just the I travel just, time between St. Kilda and Footscray oh, kill man, you. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I'll ride my bike everywhere. Like I'll ride to Footscray and back every day. No worries. It's only a forty-minute bike ride. But, That's um, still a lot. Oh, man, I, <laughs> I rode. I rode to Collingwood and back for six years every day. You know? Jesus, oh yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, mm. I don't. You know, keep keep fit. You know, <laughs> but like That's I good. like I said, I sort of you told like just to be part of everything that mm. was happening. I thought, shit, I want in. You know, mm. so I sort of, I said yes on the spot, and then I realized that you know it was a mm. shiny object. Yeah, and um. There's a perfect and I back, example. Backed off on it, and yeah. I, I contacted you on the Monday and said, "Look, sorry, dude." Yeah. <laughs> perfect yeah. example. Yeah, right? yeah. Because um, yeah, I think you can really uh, you can jump into things, especially when when like a lot of money's involved in business and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, even now with like these music videos I'm doing and you know video work, you know, mm. I'll, I'll get someone who'll come to me with like pretty good money, and it'll be like. I don't know. You really have. I, I just. You sometimes have to just say no. You know. Mm. You're like, this isn't what I want to do. This. It might be like a short term game, gain, but it's not. It's not where I want to be in the long term. Yeah. And I. I think that's like. There's some people who are really good at it who I really admire. It's mm. just like, they they have the ability to just like, totally ignore everything except for what's on the strategy. Yeah. Um. I'm definitely not one of those people. Yeah. Some people are pretty focused. Yeah. Like I like. Seeing Roan in that, that exhibition that he did the yeah. other week, man, like he went all in on that. And yeah. I was, you can tell that he, he didn't get sidetracked by anything. Yeah. He's like headstrong. And just focus. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. But, um, so like, this is a question I like to ask a lot of people. Mm. The last few episodes anyway. Yep. But like, um, is like, cause it's bench talk podcasts, like. Who would you like to kick back on a bench and, and talk to? As an artist? Oh, anyone. Living or dead, whatever, you know. Mm. Or actually, we'll say living, you know. Living. Yeah. We'll narrow it down. You don't have to yeah. think of everyone in history. <laughs> so many people. And like right now, I'd love to sit down and talk to Elon Musk. Yeah. And about like his ideas for the future and about his perception of mankind and where we are. Yeah. That'd be sick. Um... I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Neil Gaiman would be cool. Alan Moore would be fucking yeah. rad. A comic book writer. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, Artist-wise, I guess uh, Tom Sachs would be really rad to talk to. Um, and uh, Murakami in Japan, I think. Yeah. We'll have yeah. to get you a picnic table. Yeah. yeah we'll just bring them all <laughs> together and see what happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? Uh, me? Shit, on the spot. Um, like one, one person I'd like to really sit down with is, um, Mark Gonzalez. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. cause he's a tripper and yeah. like, I'd like to just chat to him 
I want to try and get him on here at some stage, but I don't even know how to get in contact with him. He doesn't have Instagram or anything like that. Really? Yeah. Website? No, nothing. Hmm. I don't think so. Anyway, I haven't really researched it that much, but but like I know that I definitely know he doesn't have an Instagram. Hmm. Um, That's how I get in contact with a lot of people because I don't, I'm not really on the net that much. Hmm. I don't don't use Facebook or anything like that much. (laughs) Once a month type of thing. But, um, yeah, that'd be a good one for me. I just know that it'd be entertaining. Like, I, I bumped into him when I was in Barcelona. Like, mm. he was just, he was bombing a hill, like, doing a coffin, like, laying down on his board, going down <laughs> down a hill in the mountains over, over Barcelona, and he, and he stopped and, and had a chat to him. And really? Like, yeah, yeah, he was crazy. <laughs> he was really nice, though. Mm. And, all, and the funny thing was, is I don't, like, like, I don't really get, um, starstruck or anything like that mm. and um and i said oh like he, he got off his board and all that and stood up and it's like hey hey gons how you going like that and he's like yeah good man like that and started chatting i'm just like ooh, ooh, ooh. i couldn't string a sentence together and him and my wife just stood there and had a really good chat and i couldn't get any words out i was like ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because like i'm i'm like you as you know you know everyone's just human and all this sort of stuff but i don't know like from because he because I love skating and I love art and he, he's like really good at both of them in mm. my eyes. And, yeah. um, and like I've watched his career since I was a kid, you know, like I, I was in primary school with Gon's stuff, you know, it's, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's a king in my eyes. That's why Barcelona is such a cool city. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Bumping mm. a lot of people there. Mm. Like I, do you, do you ever used to skate? No. No. But it's a, it, it is a the definitive skater city. For oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I used to see this guy, um, Tom Penny there all the time. Hmm. And he lives there now. He's like an English skater, but he's really iconic. And now um, but he's got his like really iconic style and it's really nineties. Like his dress and everything. And um so uh, first time I saw him I thought, Look at this guy, he thinks he's fucking Tom Penny and walked up and it's like <laughs> shit, it's him and he's like, Man, he's dressed like he, he hasn't changed his outfit since the nineties. It's like he stayed true to who he is, you know. <laughs> and then after that I saw him like, you know, two or three times a week. He was just always kicking about, you know. Mm. Like I lived um lived like one block away from, from Macba, which is like the biggest oh, yeah. skate, That's spot the big skate spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like skating in the day and drinking at night, you know, yeah. it's just in the middle of the city and where everyone hangs Perfect. out and that was just at the end of my street. So I'd, um, yeah, I'd love it. And just, I, I, I spent a lot of time down there. How long do you live in Barcelona for? A year and a half. Nice. Yeah. Not long enough. Mm. I had a um, massive chat to my wife last night, a couple of nights ago about it and she's, uh, she's not too happy that we left there. But, uh, it's a bit of know, a trap, I reckon. Yeah. It's just too comfortable. It is, it is. And it's it's one of those things where I know that we could have we could have spent ten years there hmm. and not really have progressed much from where we already were. Yeah. Whereas I know coming back here I've 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 got lots of ideas in my head and things that I want to do. And hmm. they and none of them were gonna happen in Barcelona. Yeah. Um but I've 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 made a promise to her that we'll uh you know, get get our lives sorted out financially and everything and, and go back over there. Yeah, that's the key, I reckon. Yeah. If you had, like, heaps of clients all over the world and you work from Barcelona, it'd mm. be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Because I know people that, that, that had international work living in Barcelona yeah. and they were really well off. Balling. Yeah. Well, I, I had, a, I had a, um, like, a, a senior level in a, in a really good company over there, like, doing mm. design. And, um, you know, like, 
the the money was amazing for Barcelona standards, but it, it just yeah. it was like I couldn't save anything or anything like that. Yeah. Was, I just knew that if I stayed there, I, I um don't know if I would have been able to make it back to Australia because I had I kept a pot of money on the side that was enough for an airfare and mm. enough to send all my stuff back. Yeah. And it's just like, just don't touch that. That's like the get out of jail free card. <laughs> yeah. Not that Barcelona's jail, but you know what I mean? No. It's like, yeah. without, like, I don't want to have to contact my parents and all that. And so I can't yeah. borrow some money, you know? It's like... It's a bit of a gilded cage. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. fucking amazing. You know? I still think about it all the time. I've yeah. Been, I've been a few times and it's just like... Yeah. If I could be anywhere, anyone's like, where would you live? It's like, well... Probably Barcelona. Yeah. Beer, the beer is cheap. It's always nice. Skaters everywhere. The graph scene has kind of died a bit, but it's still there. Still good, man. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. If you paint and you live yeah. over there, like the things you can do over there compared to what you yeah. can do in Melbourne is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I, like I was when I, I when I went out painting, I'd paint like five or six pieces in one day and they're all at different spots mm. and you just cruise around on your bike and you'd leave the house not even knowing where to go you'd sort of know like go to a neighborhood or whatever and you know you can get away with a lot over there yeah whereas over yeah. here you can't get away with that a lot much. of anarchists though it's a bit weird yeah, yeah anarchists there I, I didn't come across any of them really yeah well, there's see, a lot of there's graffiti everywhere yeah so. yeah yeah there's a um you know, there's a lot of A cab graph everywhere. Yeah. Like that's massive over there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Good city. It is. It's amazing city. city. Amazing yeah. city. But if I but it, if if I could choose like anywhere in the world to, to be, like on holiday or whatever, mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't be in Barcelona, I'd be in the in nature. Because uh, that's yeah. That's uh that's what that's that fixes your soul, you know. That's true. You know. But I I wouldn't want to, like I don't know, I'm caught I think like yeah, I'm gonna retire in nature, definitely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd be the same. Yeah. But right. Right now, I don't know. I wouldn't live in I wouldn't live in Barcelona just because it's a trap. That's it. Because I know that I'd just be like it'd just be two years would swing past like that. Oh yeah. Party time, and then next thing you know, you're two years older. Yeah. The thing that hurt me and my wife was we spent a year and a half setting up our lives there we finally got set up we finally got in a position where we were comfortable and then mm. it's like shit let's go you know let's let's move on and did you go was, to London after that? no I was there beforehand okay. for about a year and a half London was good? ah oh, it's alright I've spent like five years of my life in London yeah like on and off but that like that's um, I just find that it's a it's a hard hard life over there you know, yeah, in Australia that. and in Barcelona and all that, you got the sunshine. You live in the good life. Whereas over there, you're on the you're on the grind. You know, and yeah. it's good. Like plenty of good times to be had. It's like you know, I've had amazing times over there. But um, I don't know. I just I just find um, it it's a it's sort of tough going over there. Mm. You know. Yeah. It's cold. You know, you don't spend as much time outdoors. You have ten month winters. These sound like wonderful things to me. But. Yeah. <laughs> Each their own. Each yeah. their own. But, um, yeah. But anyway, mm. enough of that. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, like where, where's uh, the best place to like find the gallery online and see, see what it is that you do and, and everything? So, backwards.gallery mm-hmm. is our URL. Yeah. or backwards.gallery on Instagram. Or backwards stock gallery on Twitter. Yeah. So. No worries. That's the best place to find us. Yeah. Um, sign up to the newsletter. 
find out what's going on. It's the only way to be sure, because Instagram sucks now, and Facebook, we get no more reach. They make you pay, so... Do you think Do you think Facebook Facebook's on its way out? Uh, it's hard to say, man. Mm. Um, it just feels like a bubble that everyone's just working really hard to stop from bursting until it becomes self-sustainable. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I had a weird insight when we were living in Barcelona, actually. My wife was um, teaching um, school kids. She was teaching uh, English to people of all different ages, mm. but she's taught school kids as well. And um, and they, like that, she was talking to them about social media and all that and asking them what social media they that like is cool to them and all that. And she mentioned Facebook and they all started laughing and go, that's what our parents use. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. the, old, the oldies. Well, that's why like Snapchat's done so well. Yeah. Right? And Snapchat to me is fucking mystifying with the swiping in all these different directions and the GUI is just so counterintuitive. Yeah. Well, but, um, I've heard that's deliberate though. Really? I've heard I've heard that they um they want to keep Snapchat for the kids, so they've made it really difficult to be able to um use it if like like the kids can work it all out, but the adults just like give up on it, going, Oh fuck, this is too hard, you know. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I've noticed that Facebook has updated their Messenger app on iOS to use a lot of the functionality from Snapchat. So they're quaking in their boots, apparently, mm. over the over it. Yeah, I've never been on Snapchat, so I don't, don't really know no, much neither. about it. Yeah. I don't think backwards will ever be on Snapchat. We're, <laughs> we're too old. We yeah. don't understand it. Yeah, can't work out how to use it. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. Well, it's been great to okay. sit down and have yeah, a chat. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So, yeah, wrapping up in just under an hour. Uh, pretty good. Awesome. Thanks. Sick, dude. Thanks okay. a lot. For more info on today's artist, uh, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you can listen to previous episodes and also see images from the artist that's been interviewed. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That way you can get the podcast delivered to your phone uh, automatically every week when an episode comes out. Uh, while you're there, it'd be great if you could uh, rate and review the podcast. That way uh, we'll get noticed by more people and have more people listening to it. You can also keep up to date with what's going on with the podcast on Instagram, uh, bench underscore talk. Uh, also streaming now on Facebook and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to tune in next week. Thanks.